Welcome back to Mishnah Biyom at Home with Gabi and Kayla Kraus. We're learning Mesechet Shkalim, Perak Vav, Mishnah Gimel. We're learning Tractate Shkalim, and we're in the third Mishnah of the sixth chapter. In the first Mishnah of this parak, we mentioned that there are 13 places where they would bow down in the temple. Our Mishnah is going to tell us about each of these places. Where would they bow down? Four in the north, four in the south, three in the east, two in the west, across from the 13 gates. So where exactly were these three, 13 places? We have basic directions here. So we have four places to the north of the Azara, of the courtyard, mm-hmm. what do you call it? Courtyard. Arba'ab yeah. four in the south. Shloshab Mizrach, Shneim Arav, three in the east, two in the west. Mekmot Ele, Hayumul, Shlosha Asar Sharim, Shenikmu, Bachatzar, Beit Hamikdash. These places were uh, across from the 13 gates that were that were accessible from the courtyard of the Beit HaMikdash. Hasharim utru bikishutim marhivim. They had, these gates had like crowns, they had adornments. Uva'et ha'hishtach avaya ha'yu modim la'kadosh baruchu al-yafi vinyan habayit. One of the things they would be thankful for uh, to God was that when they were bowing to God, they would, um, it was just like the beauty of the building, uh, you know, evoked this kind of spiritual experience and they would be very thankful to God for that. So the southwestern um, gates, Shar Ha'elyon, Shar Ha'delek, Shar Ha'becharot, Shar Ha'mayim. Okay, the upper gate, the um, oil gate, um, the firstborn gate, and the water gate. Why is it called the water gate? They would bring a vessel of water on the Chag, which is like this. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says that um, in the future, there will be water that comes out of from this area, from um, the Temple Mount, right underneath that gate. Okay, let's explain it inside of the Mishnah Mishpachti explanation. So the southern gates that were, like we said, on the on the western southern corner of the Azara of the courtyard, we're talking about the part of the temple that's nearest to the big Heichal building, you know, the area where there's the altar. Okay, so that area, there were gates by that area. Okay, what are their names? 
uh, so we have these, first of all, the Sha'ar Halyon, the upper gate. Ha'sha'ar Okay, this was the um, the most western gate, okay? I guess closest to, you know, where we know is like the western wall. So closest to that area. Um, on the other side of the On the other side of the Kotel. Right, right. Hmm. Not on our side. Right. That we would pray now on the other side. Mm-hmm. So why is it called Elyon, the upper gate? Um, because it's actually the um, it, the temple is a little sloped. So um, when you got all the way to the west, it went up uh, up more. So this was the highest gate. Okay, topographically. Okay. Um, sh- okay. Next is Shar Hadelik. Um, Fuel. Fuel, right. In modern Hebrew, you go to fill up your gas. So we call it delic. So let's see what this delic here is. Kuna chen al-shem shabo hichnisu etzim lahavara al-hamizbeach. So this is where they would bring uh, wood for burning on the altar. They would bring it through this gate. So it's called Shar HaDelek. Okay, next. Shar HaBichorot, the firstborn gate. Bo huchnisu, not people. Who were firstborn, but korbanot bechorei vehemash nishchatu baderom, the the sacrifices of firstborn animals that had to be shechted in the south, they would be uh, brought in uh, through this gate. Okay, and then we have shar hamayim, the water gate. Okay, why is it called the water gate? Okay, because on the um, holiday of Sukkot, which we called Hechag, um, so they would do a special Simchat Beit HaShoeva party every night where they would go to in uh, Ir David, which is south of the Temple Mount. There is a Mayan, a spring of water called the um, Mayan HaShiluach, um, and there they would go in a big procession and they would take water with this beautiful, uh, this beautiful pitcher. Um, and they would do the, you know, they would, uh, do a, they would draw the water and then they would, um, bring it up to the temple to pour on the altar and they would go through this, um, this gate. Okay. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, so he said, something else is very interesting. He says the Sha'ar Hamayim is called uh, called this because in the future, Latid Lavo, Hitzu Darko Mayim Chaim Mimayan, Shein Ba Bevet Kochea Kodoshim. There's going to be a, um, a spring, a live spring, from under the Holy of Holies, and it's going to come out. Let's see. Bezerim Dakik. So um, there will be, first of all, this tiny, tiny spring is going to start from right under the Holy of Holies. It's going to start super, super, super thin, like the um, antennas of grasshoppers. And then as it proceeds, 
it will go um, and get bigger and bigger until it gets to underneath this Shar Hamayim, this water gate. By then, it will already be um, the size of as if you're like uh, a spout, right? This, um, of um, of a, a cut of a, of a faucet of a pitcher, um, uh, of a pach, like a pachit, like you say a can in Hebrew. Well, in Hebrew, it's like yeah. a, a can. So like a kad katan, you know, like Hanukkah, right? So just like a like, like a, a small, yeah, you know, a small stream, and then it'll come out of there. And we're not going to go into it, but in Pirkei Dorbi Eliezer, it has really cool midrash about how this is, stream is just going to come and it's going to go go down and it's going to go all the way. Uh, to uh, the Dead Sea, and it's really cool. Okay, beyond the scope of this, but um, yeah, so that's why it's called the Shar Hamayim, according to Rabbi Elazar Ben Yaakov. Okay, back to the Mishnah Gabi, take it away. So, um, so across from that on the northern side, by the way, northwestern side, we were talking about the southwestern side, now the northwestern side, Shar Yechanya, Shar Korban, Shar Nashim, Shar Hashir. So you have the Shoryachanya, the gate of the sacrifices, and the gate of the women, and the gate of the song. Uh, that's where the the king Yechanya um, was exiled from there. Uh, okay. Hasharim Atzvanim. So the northern gates um, were like across from the southern gates, but they were a little more, you know, like pulled a little bit more towards the west. Um, not exactly across. Um, so we're going to explain uh, at the end what that why and the mission itself explains the reason for why it's called that um, and Mishnah uh, Mishvakti will explain the other three Shar HaKarban Boch Nesu Karbanot Kodshei Kodashim Shemakom Shechitatam Pitzafon Bilvad so Shar Karban why is it called the sacrifice gate because that's where the the extremely holy sacrifices uh, Karbanot the, the sacrifices for the Holy of Holies, um, which are only, um, us, um, which are only uh, slaughtered. slaughtered in uh, in the north, uh, in the northern part of the temple. So that's this is that uh, gate in the north. Sharanashim, and then we have the the women's gate. Um, again, like these, uh, this gate. I, it's it was sort of like uh it was more like a window in a way because that's where they would um they would sort of it's a sort of that they would stand by that gate not they couldn't really go in that much i guess um i don't know it sounds like they're sort of standing a bit of a distance maybe i'm mm -hmm. not sure um, yeah, but but again, this was an right. easy access. They didn't have to mix with the men. They had oh, their own door. When that you, when they had right. to be involved in a korban for them, yeah. they had to be present. Right. Part you know? of when you give a so, korban is the smicha, which is putting your hands on it uh, on your animal. Almost looks like you're giving a bracha, right? So a woman who is bringing an offering, uh, like for example, the korban toda after um, 
or khatat after uh, they give birth so they would be able to be part of it. So I guess like the like a men would generally be coming on this from the southern side and so women are would generally be coming from the northern side is that the idea? They had like a separate way in to keep it separate mm-hmm. seemingly. Shar hashir they had a special gate for bringing in uh, the instruments. Why is it called uh, the The first one that we mentioned here on the north. Why is it called Yechonya? So Yechonya is short for Yehoyachin. And he left Ligalut. Uh, that's where he was taken exiled um by the babylonian king nebuchadnezzar um and he's the king that's mentioned in the purim megillah and when it talks about mordechai uh, it explains that mordechai was exiled together with king yechonia so this was like the last the last uh, remnant of the uh kingdom of yehuda of the you know the line from the, from mm. David HaMelech. He was literally dragged out by so, the enemy yeah. from the temple <laughs> through this gate. Yeah. So why was he there though? Wow. So he he you know he like had one last visit. It was very imminent. Uh, the exile was was very imminent. And the Beit Hamikdash was still standing at that point, um, so he so he went in there to to prostrate to God and to ask permission uh, to be exiled. Uh, I guess he he felt that you know if maybe there was some kind of sacrifice, a personal sacrifice that he would do by being in exile, that maybe would help save the temple and the Jewish people. Not right. not that that happened, mm. <laughs> but I guess that was his uh, his feeling. Okay, um, back in the Mishnah. Bamizrach Sha'ar Nikanor, O Shne Fishpashin Hayulo, Echad Bimino, Echad Bismalo. Okay, in the east was called the Gate of Nikanor, and there were two Pishpashin, two like little doors, little gates, on either, uh, one on either side, one on the right and one on the left. Okay, so let's explain. Hasha'arim Mizrachim Hayu Sha'ar Nikanor, Shinikrachin Ashem Hanodvo. Okay, so um, this Shar Nikanor was named after a man named Nikanor. He donated this gate, um, and the two little ones were on each side. And let's just finish up the Mishnah here. Okay, there are two in the West that did not have a name. So, um, so the Tosvot Yantov, uh, he explains that the reason why they didn't have a name, they didn't really have a purpose except like, I guess, like an emergency exit. So the Jerusalem Talmud um, says... Uh, a different opinion that there were seven Sharim in the Azara. And uh, yeah, and I guess it's time for Okay. 
היכן השתחווה... Keep going. You're on a roll. Thanks. היכן השתחווה משה על פניו ארצה ומדוע? Where did Moshe, um, Moses, where did he bow on his face and prostrate himself and why? שאלה. משה בן השמונה עשרה. Oh, I thought it was like the Moshe. No. No. Okay. Marba, it's always, it's always confusing when you use a name from the Bible. It's like, what's he talking about? Is he right. talking about, you know, Moshe, the kid that lives next door? Or Moses, our, Moses our teacher who brought down the tablets from Harsinai? Though, by the way, I've Two very different in the Chashuki Chemed, a lot of times they make the name having to do with like yeah, the maybe place there in the story. And there could be a, a connection. Like so we had see. Yochai and Maybe there's Meron, a connection. Let's, maybe there's a connection. Your, that's your homework. Figure out the connection between this kid and... Uh, So anyway, this teenager Moshe, 18-year-old teenager, was learning Mishnah. So he got to this Mishnah and he was thinking, like, what's... You know what's the what's the deal here with with all these places that they would uh, bow down? Like why are we like getting into the nitty details, nitty gritty? Gilad perusho shel tiferet Yisrael. So he saw an explanation from the tiferet Yisrael. Shekotev shayu mishtachavin modim laHashem al noy hakishutim shekotel savi l'shar. So that's why we said before they were mentioned in the explanation above that what was the point of this uh, bowing by the gates? That you know, the temple was a big you know big spot, whatever, and um and you know, I guess you had to if you're gonna bow down, you need a some place to like be focused and 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 not distracted or whatever, so you'd they would dafka specifically bow towards these gates that had like a beautiful decorations whatever it was just it was let's say let's call it the prettiest part of the temple the temple was very bloody and you know there's blood pouring down from the altar you know you know it's not the most beautiful sight let's say um but you know just the the pure beauty of the of the gates um were able to elicit this kind of spiritual religious experience so that's where they would bow down towards okay so your mind the achar Uh, so he went to go visit the old city of Jerusalem. And today we're recording this on Jerusalem Day, so that's very nice. <laughs> and just learning this mission in general, you know, it's uh, very, much. very uh, apropos uh, to be studying about uh, the gates of the temple. The famous Churva Synagogue, which has been rebuilt and renovated over the last few years. Um, uh, so he just like felt an emotional surge, a spiritual, religious surge, and he just bowed down on the floor. Yeah, you got a parenthesis. So, um, 
what did he have with him? He had so, a towel. Yeah, basically. So he put a towel on the floor. Yeah. It's just like, okay, we don't, it's like in on Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, in synagogue, when we bow down several times during during the, the prayer service, we always either put down some paper towel. It depends how prepared you are, what you put down on the floor. Now, if there's a carpet, you don't need any of those things. Right. If it's a hard floor. A hard floor. So You have yeah. to have something that is between you and the floor. Now, in Israel, there's almost never such a thing as a <laughs> synagogue with a carpet. I don't think I've ever, I can't remember ever seeing a synagogue with a carpet in, in Israel. Um, in America, you definitely have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so and the only place that you're allowed to completely prostrate yourself on, you know, on all fours on a hard floor is in, um, is on the Temple Mount. That's the only place you're allowed to, and that is the Halacha, so that's why it's recalling this here. So if you right. ever so on the high are doing holidays, yoga and you're on <laughs> all fours, you got to have a yoga mat. Yeah, and on the high holidays, depending on how prepared you are, sometimes you're like Moshe and you are prepared and you have a towel with you or something like that mm-hmm. to bow down or people bring a mat, Just in case. whatever, and then... Um, I'm generally in the category of people that are running out to the hallway to get some paper towels (laughs) last second um, and running back into synagogue with some paper towels, throwing them on the floor. Mm -hmm. And um, it works. So, why did he do this? Kayla, take it away. Okay, let's see this. Tshuva. Moshe Moshe thought to himself, We learned in our Mishnah that as a thank you to God for how you know beautiful and uh, splendorous his temple is, they would bow. Um, also here, so you know the Chorva synagogue, it's this beautiful synagogue and it was reconstructed just like it was um, before it was destroyed. Um, when was that? In the in in forty eight? I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was in forty eight. I'm pretty know. sure. It was um and for so many years, you know, they just had the little strip left, the little um what do you call it? Uh curved arch uh that was left. Could have even been earlier they, than that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure when I'm that pretty happened. sure it was in forty eight. It was uh it was destroyed during during the war when um when the Western Wall was taken. And, and all of uh, all of the all of the inside the city walls of, of Jerusalem was taken by the Jordanians, and then for 19 years until in 1967, when you had Jerusalem and Jerusalem Day, celebrating today, then they finally got it back. So um, and then only uh, was it 15 years ago, something like that, uh, they started uh, reconstructing it, and now uh, it was so beautiful. Yeah, and it is so beautiful. And we call, in general, we call a synagogue a mikdash ma'at, a, a mini temple. Um, and so, you know, he saw this beautiful, you know, reconstructed mini temple. And he felt overwhelmed by its beauty. Um, so he felt this need to bow down. Wow. That's great. It's a great story. Okay. That's pretty impressive that he had a towel with him. That's yeah. why I think it's pretty great. But That's anyway. why I feel like he he prepared. He was meant to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember the first time that the Chorva Synagogue, uh, you know, that it was completed and we were going in and I was like really excited to go see it. It's really, really beautiful. Anyway, okay. Well, may we be Zoha, may we merit uh, to see the third temple rebuilt speedily in our days and may we all come to Jerusalem and they fully unified and rebuilt Jerusalem. And may we all, all of our listeners and all of the Jewish people and all of the people of the world co-op 
and to uh, the Temple Mount and see these gates and see the beautiful, splendorous temple and bow down in holiness. To God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay. Thank you for joining us. See you next time. Mishnah Yomi. Mishnah Bayom.